Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome back. We're talking to fit pregnancy cover model, Daniela Rua. (laughs) (laughs) Cover model. And her fitness trainer, Patrick Murphy. That cover is an awesome picture. Thank you. It looks like you're suspended in there. (laughs) I kind of have a, anybody who follows me on social media will know that I have like this stereotype jump that I do, which is pretty much that one. Um, And uh, I I love doing it. I, we, (laughs) we did a, a photo session recently. And um and I did it again now that I'm close to my due date. Which so when I, amazing shot. When too. I was do- when I was doing it, I was like, please don't break water, please don't break <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. It's so they, not time yet, please. I was like, this might be the last time that I do this jump until after okay. my daughter's born. They caught um, you mid jump with the bump. Yeah, but um yeah, but it's fun and I feel good doing it. And I just like it. It's fun. Sweet. Well, it looks great. Thanks. I have to read the articles now. <laughs> Um, let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Uh, Patrick, you do different workouts, not just for different people, but even for the same people. Uh, they don't get bored because you're always changing it up. Oh, yeah. We and, avoid plateaus. Um, it's only one half of the equation for you. Then there's also you, you are what you eat. So tell me more about your thoughts on that. Well, I, I begin with uh, looking into the gut, gut health, the microbiome. It's very important. It, it's all important. Your microbiome is 75% of your immune system. We're playing this little game of a hundred trillion microorganisms in and on our body. Mm. So that tells us, guess what? We are only 10% human DNA. So who's controlling who here? Mm. (laughs) Why are you eating that food? Well, unhealthy bacteria craves the sugars and the healthy bacteria craves the healthier foods. So when you make those choices that aren't good for you, is what I'm here to say is the microorganisms are telling the brain to make that decision controlling you. Wow. Yes. So there's a lot to it. So literally alien invaders pulling the strings. Right. <laughs> so uh, that makes so much sense to me. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of times I'll eat stuff. I'm not a healthy eater by nature, but I'll eat stuff and don't want to. Right. And you're telling me it's 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 your gut coming from your gut. Flow. It's coming, it's coming from, from my the gut. Microorganisms. There's yeah. little Absolutely. organisms in there saying we want that. That's right. And they create the cravings. Wow. And you know, also cravings come from the palate as well. That little game, too. So the healthier your gut, the more absorption your, your body will absorb, the, m- the more nutrition you'll absorb in your diet. So it's all important to create a healthy environment for your gut. And that's where the probiotic foods come in. 
What are some of the probiotic uh, foods? Well, kefir would be one. Um, cultured vegetables you can get. You can get um, These are. I think I feel like these are foreign terms to a lot of people. What is kefir? Kefir is the champagne of yogurt. It's, it's a great <laughs> well, that's a great way to sell it. <laughs> <That's what> it <laughs> and, and, and if I suggest Sparkling exactly yogurt? which one you want to get is the plain and unsweetened. Uh-huh. No added sugar, right. plain and unsweetened. Um, but yeah, the probiotic foods, there, there's a plethora of them. Uh, kimchi is another one. Um, sauerkraut. And uh, you can also take a pill form as well. So these foods have bacteria in them? Yes. Or they promote the growth of healthy bacteria? Correct. And I, and I like to change them around. There's so much unknown still to this day regarding the microbiome. I actually implement and I change and I, I vary my, my supplements and my, my probiotic foods in my diet. Mm-hmm. And I'm always just hitting on them two or three times a day. So when you're working with your clients, are you constantly analyzing what they're eating? Yeah, absolutely. We, we do food journals. We discuss food all the time. Been there. <laughs> yeah. She loves. Used to. <laughs> used to. I'm Choice. not that bad what, anymore. What do you love? I used to be a big sweet tooth. Like really? a big, big, big sweet tooth. Um, grilled cheese. You like grilled cheese sandwiches too. I do. I do like some grilled cheese sandwiches. And, Finally. And like we have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I eat them in moderation, you know. And That's yeah, and, and, But also I'm also doing a lot of exercise as much as I can at the same time. And this is, this is pre-pregnancy, so this has nothing to do with pregnancy cravings. I just like these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the one thing that Patrick had me do was that there were these little cans of um, pure green tea. Not now, again, not during pregnancy because there's a lot of caffeine in that. But um, before pregnancy, uh, just pure green tea, unsweetened. And it was so bitter when I started drinking that stuff. But somehow over time, it started tasting less and less bitter to me. And then it sort of transitioned into just not needing as much sweetness. So, you know, when I drink tea, I don't put sugar in there anymore. So one of the things that need to be done is to get rid of the sugar craving or to get rid of the sugar palate issue is you implement more opposite of sweet foods, bitter, tart, Mm. Uh, like a Granny Smith apple would be opposite of sweet. That is so interesting. Is it matcha? Green tea. Or is Ma- it just you could do a matcha, but almost any green tea has that bitter bite to it. A lot of them do. Um, endive salad, bitter bite, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Is there benefit specifically to the green tea that you're looking for, or is it just a palate? You're training a palate. Yeah, you're trying to get away from sweet uh, taste to shift into a, uh, a more neutral position on your palate. Um, let me see. What's another? When I, I juiced for a long time recently, I did a 120-day juice cleanse, nothing but juice. And uh, it was incredible to me how I had to plow through the first seven days. Crazy headaches. Um, moody. Like, yeah. really. I'm, I'm, I guess my wife would probably say I'm moody anyway. But I, <laughs> I felt moody. I didn't want to be around me for that period of time. I thought my brain was going to explode. It hurt so bad. And I was, oh. I was having diet soda all the time to stay awake. And oh, okay. A lot of sugar and fat. Yeah, you were definitely detoxing. Mm-hmm. I, was de- I was sweating. I was, I was like hardcore detox. And uh, after seven days, it kinda, I, I hit a peak around three or four days. By seven days, it was I could live with myself again. Mm. And by 10 days, gone. Zero cravings. I would just have the juice. I would I'd stop thinking about all day, what am I going to eat next? And before that, it could be like Thanksgiving dinner. I'll sit at the table and eat everything, right. too much of everything. And right. I can't even breathe, and my brain is still thinking, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What right. am I going to eat? After 10 days of juice cleansing, I didn't feel any of that. From That's day fantastic. 10 to day 110, zero, almost zero cravings. I would smell things in the office, people. You make good stuff, too. Michael, <laughs> we share an office. I do. Uh, I would smell things and they smell amazing, but I would just like smell it and enjoy the smell and move on versus like, 
when I'm not in that mode, I'd smell it and be thinking about it all day. There's no way, like every minute is a struggle not to have it. So there's this very palpable change, rewiring of the brain. Uh, but it's like the switch is either on or the switch is off. There's very little in between for me anyway. And when I'm when the switch is on, it's almost what you were saying, Patrick. I would love to take water with ice and squeeze uh, lime in there and just slowly sip the lime juice. That's and uh, it just carries me through. Like who knew water can be satisfying? <laughs> <laughs> Another big one too I, I want to mention is apple cider vinegar. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have people do shots of that who have really serious sugar problems. <laughs> so For opposite training the palate? That's right. Specifically? That's right. Neutralizing it. Getting rid of that sugar craving in your mouth and in your palate. And then we have so over 10,000 taste buds in our mouth, so we, 10, have, to, taste buds. we have to shape Do that. we get a craving? For, is the hope to get a craving for something less unhealthy? Or yeah, just to get rid of craving? Well, craving something less unhealthy is going to come from the gut and also the palate. So we're going to attack the palate and try to neutralize that with bitter, tart foods or beverages, and also go after the probiotics for the healthy gut. Two-pronged approach. You know, there's a, so I'm not certified or doctor or a nutritionist, but there was something but that I read. you could play one on TV. I could play one. <laughs> <laughs> I could pretend to be one. Um, no, but there was this really interesting piece of information that I read in a book that was all about processed foods, and um, I guess there was a, some German scientist who suggested that maybe um, on our tongue, you know, the different areas of the tongue that are responsible for receiving different kinds of flavors, um, that the tip of the tongue was responsible for absorbing the sweetness. and But that was just a, kind of a suggestion. It was misinterpreted because it turns out that although, you know, sour and tart and different things are in different sections of your tongue, the, to- the entire tongue absorbs sweetness. Mm. So we wow. are so predisposed yeah. to want something sweet. sweet. Yeah, so much more than any other flavor. And, you know, that makes it even more of a, I guess, fight or struggle to try yeah, and fight that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think working out has uh, changes that as well? Uh, well, or is we're it more psychological there. Like well, the good news is the out? exercise is going to elevate your mood in a better way. So uh. if you're a moody person or having a moody pregnancy, exercise is going to help your mood. You just pointed at me. It's also <laughs> <laughs> uh, balance hormones. The healthier the healthier you got, the more balanced hormones you have too. Let's talk a little bit about postpartum. Uh, you've already done it once. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, how was the transition for you? The, my doctor said for the, you know for the first six weeks, stay put until your body goes back to its original position. Uh, you know, all your insides are back where they're supposed to be. And then when I went for my six week checkups, she said you're fine. You're you're, you're clear to start working out. Um, and there were moments during those six weeks where I felt very sedentary, even though I was mm-hmm. tired and I was breastfeeding a baby and I was you know, um, but. Uh, it, like I said before, like it's tough to get started. It is what it is, you know. After I'm, the six weeks to pick back after up. After any you period out of until time, the end of pretty much, pregnancy. yeah. I think I, I want to say that I worked out with Patrick probably, you know, less than a week before my son was born. Yes. Um, but uh, but it, pregnancy or not pregnancy, the point is whether you're. It's vi- it's much harder to get into shape than it is to lose that shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so six weeks because of postpartum or just because I'm lazy or just because I'm working too much, the point is it's it's always a little tough to restart. Right. You know, yeah. but I also I like how I like how Danielle is trying to appeal to the masses. The truth is Yeah, but as her trainer, she shows up and she kicks butt. She, she comes in and she's serious. Is it hard to push her? 
No, no, no. She sometimes asks for heavier weights. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And there hard. are the other days where I'm like, Patrick, I just like, <laughs> today is just one of those days where you need to like reduce the no, weight. But I'm always happy with the workouts when she leaves. Yeah. No, I am too. And I, even when I don't feel like it, I feel happy that I went. It's just like you, like you were saying earlier. You know, it's like I may not want to be at the workout, but I feel really satisfied when it's done. When it's done, yeah. Um, you know, but but yeah. So it's a little bit tough to start, but once you start seeing minimal results or you have that energy, I mean, it will creep in. You know I've, what I mean? had, uh, I've had patients, uh, actors, who have to be back on camera six weeks after they have the baby. So you must encounter that, Patrick, with your clients. If if the doctors are saying no workouts, I've what do we do? That. I have to follow You that. follow it, Absolutely. no workouts at all? I'm, if that's what the doctor's saying. So all I'm you have to work with that. is nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nutrition's, you know, it's always, you should, we should always be on point with that as much as possible. I mean, honestly, with the nutrition, I pay that 10-90 rule. 10% of the time, you can have whatever you want, but 10% in a month is only three meals in a whole month. Oh, wow. So I never take a day off. I'll take a meal off, but not a day off. So I try to get my clients, of course, you can have whatever you want, but it's rare. Yeah, but I mean, is there nutritionally some kind of approach to balance needing to lose weight? Wanting to well, to the, feel well during pregnancy, I, I'm definitely not about this. Is during pregnancy, it's never about a weight loss program. That's for sure. It's maintenance, strength, pain free. When someone, depending on what they want, what their goals are, when they come to me after baby, um, it depends on the individual and how how strict and how hardcore we want to go with this and how fast they have to get somewhere. Because I don't mind doing baby steps and getting somewhere either and taking extra two or three months to get somewhere. Sure, it takes either. nine months to get on, so it's right? it's reasonable to take time to come so That off. depends on the individual. I just yeah. see people in a rush for various different reasons. Sometimes in the industry, they don't have a choice. It's or you know, no, which is a, which is such a sad statement. I mean, there, um, there is a there is a, a appropriate balance though. Like I, I figure out someone's resting metabolic rate. I don't have them starve themselves to lose weight ever. So, you know, there is because science Because there's being also done. breast milk and there's health. You know, you don't want to you be pumping water. That's right. You want the, that's right. You want enough breast milk for the baby, absolutely. Well, and you want it to be sustainable. I feel like people who drop weight really, really fast, if that was their goal, you know, by starving themselves. Yeah, I don't believe in It's that. not sustainable. Like, yeah. you, you can't live like that for the rest of your life. You've got to eat. You know what I mean? So if you do it, you know, incrementally and, you know, in baby steps, as Patrick said, if you have the time for that, then, you know... I would definitely be. Yeah, I'm not a fan of rapid weight loss. Even yeah, whenever I see a headline of that, I'm just not for it at all. There's no lifestyle or way of life being turned on here by a rapid weight loss, mm-hmm. and how to get there is not sustainable. Right. I, I have a friend at work who's a who's just incredible, very strong woman, and her son is the same age as mine, and um, and she lost a ton of weight in the last six months. And you know, somebody asked her recently, like, how did you do it? And she's like the old-fashioned, most sustainable way. I worked out, I mm-hmm. became more active, and I ate right. I stopped eating things that my body didn't Hold on. need. I gotta write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it may take a little longer, but she's running marathons now. I've never run a marathon in my life. You know, she's yeah. she's running marathons now and wearing double zero pants. Are she's, you, going you know, to? more petite physically, but she's, am I going to run a marathon? No. Probably just, not. Is that on your checklist? It is not, actually, no. no. What is? <laughs> what's on my checklist? Yeah, what's on the bucket list for <laughs> Oh, good right? Lord. I, oh gosh, I think my, currently what I've come to discover about myself with, you know, being pregnant this time around, I think all of the things on my checklist are more, mental battles we were talking about this on the Mm -hmm. massage table the other day more so than physical ones because you know as Mm -hmm. we were talking about like i I believe that as women specifically women we are built for for so much 
and for so much strength. And the only thing stopping us from doing certain things is what we're told. It's the seeds that are planted in our minds and the things that we convince ourselves of that aren't necessarily true. Um, so I think everything on my checklist right now has to do with breaking the cycle of things that I've been doing my whole life mentally that aren't necessarily the, the healthiest for me or that will help me progress, you know. Uh, you said that if Patrick gives you, like, something to do, an exercise to do, mm -hmm. but doesn't tell you how many. Oh, we talked about this. We did. Mm. That's right. Mm. So that mental, oh, gosh, <laughs> that's such a tough one for me. Patrick, do you remember the times that where you're like, you know, drop down and, and start doing push-ups, and I say, how many? And you're like, I'll let you know when you're done. And I'm like, no, no, you've you <laughs> got to tell me how many because I can't work like this because I sort of rationed my energy to finish the task that I've been given, whether you say 10 or 100. But if I say 15 to 20, how many do you do? Or if I say 15 to I'll try and get to, if, like, yeah. if it's a good day, I'll definitely try and do 20. Right. Um, but the point is you've given me something to ration my energy towards, you know, and then just sort of kind of coming back to the childbirth conversation that Dr. Berlin and I were having the other day is, you know, you don't know how long labor is going to be. It could be 15 hours or it could be three hours of push. You just don't know. And that's what is the hardest thing for me to get over. The mental side of it is like not not being able to ration my energy to finish the task. Right. It's, so. the, it's the mind control. <laughs> it's the, uh, yeah. It's the control. Right. I'm too controlling over myself. So that's, that, <laughs> but that's, but that's, on, your, that's on your bucket list. You want to be able to <laughs> to let, let go. That go I a need bit. to I need to learn how to let go and just sort of like go with the flow a little bit. Um, how, how long did you have after River was born to uh, to get back to work? No one ever gave me a timeline. Oh, the, as whenever you wanted to. Well, it wasn't about it was never about that. It was we are an incredibly family oriented show. And I think uh, the people that are, you know, above my pay grade are very, very respectful of of me and I think of any woman actress. Um, and I, you know, I think I, I would have also fought it if anybody said you, you have to be back in shape by episode so and so. Mm -hmm. um, I think <laughs> just, I, I just I don't believe in that. I don't believe in those kind of pressures. I think those again are social pressures. They're well, I think work related. It's, um, it's nice, but somewhat rare to find in that industry where yeah. where you they're giving they're bending over backwards to give you that. A hundred percent. They and they've done that. They did that for my first pregnancy, and they're doing it for this one. It's by the way really a they're family, really uh, a family show. Your husband mm -hmm. is your co-star's brother. Yes. Which is a family show. And his stunt double. And, and his stunt <laughs> double. Is <clears throat> how did that all come about? Because you started, who, what happened first? Did you meet your husband or did you start working on no, the show? No, 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 no. I started working on the show and towards the end of season one, Eric joined us who plays Deeks on the show, um, my partner and romantic partner, I guess. Um, t towards the end of season one and they were starting to plant the seeds of these two maybe starting to flirt and banter with each other and it kind of grew from there and then at some point during season maybe the end of season two I, I don't remember exactly where in the show but I had definitely established a character relationship with Eric at this point um, when I met my husband and you know Eric and I spend 12 to 15 hours a day with each other on set and sometimes it's just the two of us going through scenes and running lines and at some point you know he's like you need to meet my brother <laughs> and I was like I'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> so Eric started saying you know you should meet my brother and his wife Sarah now at the time girlfriend was like you should meet Dave Eric conveniently started to invite me to you know friends get togethers that he thought Dave might show up at and stuff and one day he did and we started chatting and I didn't realize that he was the Dave that I was supposed to have met. Oh, really? Yeah. So we had like a, a solid like hour to hour and a half conversation about the Middle East. Oh. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And he was in the military, so he's he's been around there. Um, 
and uh yeah and at some point eric walked by and i'm like so who's your brother and he's like the guy you're <laughs> talking guy. to <laughs> and i was like oh oh Oops. wow okay and you know and i had felt some sort of attraction for him all in that moment i thought he was an attractive guy and i loved what he was saying and you know i thought he was very smart and yeah and so i was like oh okay Okay. So, but the but the I have to tell you the initial thing that Eric was saying to me, he's like, "You should meet my brother because you like meatheads and he likes brunettes with big shoulders." <laughs> this was the statement I got, and I said, oh, "Okay." What the such uh, a matchmaker? A meathead. That's nice. <laughs> Turns out he's not a meathead yeah, at all. Man. No, not at all. Um, so I am a brunette with big shoulders, though. I mean, that is a fact. Well, it's half of it, right? <laughs> what? Um, so for a while, you're you're. Your character is romantically involved with your co-star's brother. Is that awkward at all? Um, you know, I think it, we spent so the characters spent so much time flirting and bantering, um, and then out of the blue, no one told us about it. There was this scene that they wrote in where they kissed for the first time, and I feel like I can't speak for Eric, but I know that for myself, I was a little thrown off just because. We actually didn't think that they would ever get to that point because we always feel like, well, once you get to a certain point in a relationship, where do you go from there in, mm. a, in a TV show that could go for 15 years for all you know? Um, so I was like, oh, OK, um, didn't expect this. And yeah, I certainly felt awkward in the beginning. I did. Yeah. I don't know about Eric, but I did. But you told mm. me production was great at that time. Oh. And they almost said one take. Just, just get this over with. Boom, <laughs> they were one fantastic. Kiss, one yeah, they, they, right. they yes, nobody was trying to extend anything longer than it had to. I mean, and now after eight years, this was probably five years mm. ago. It's just kind of the characters in a relationship. You do the scene, you do what you have to do, and you, you you try and make it the best you can and most believable that you can because you owe the audience this who's been keeping up with you for eight years. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of fans of this relationship, and you don't want to disappoint anybody. And, it, and it's only fair. Like, these characters deserve to be together. They've mm -hmm. gone through obstacles. They've fought through a lot of stuff throughout their building of this relationship and they deserve to be together it yeah, is what it is it's not their fault that you and Dave actually <laughs> no exactly you're not going to ruin a show's you know a show's plot because um because i, I have to imagine the family jokes though the family get together <laughs> it's actually not talked about but family get together well, is very much are, you, you know? guys are very tight right i mean as, yeah. as families you first i all, love having, my sister-in-law and, and you're having babies at the same time oh my gosh yes right. you guys twice together and work out and do things that, absolutely yeah you're, so you're a close family it's really absolutely I love my in-laws and Dave loves my parents. I mean, yes, we are a very, very close-knit family. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because Eric started off as a colleague. He became a very good friend. He became a confidant for me. And then he became family. Eric so it was actually Eric. Also, yeah, he's so, it was Eric so organic. Are, are different from each other. And Dave and Eric? Yeah. Oh, night and day. <laughs> but, but they're both great. And yeah. um, we're going to have to drag them in here at some point. <laughs> We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. 
A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Two more questions about your pregnancy experience, and then I, I want to talk about one other thing. What, um, working pregnant now, mm-hmm. you're just finishing a season, and just, it crossed my mind, you do all these active things. I know you, they're not letting you do too many stunts, but your character is not pregnant. No, she's not pregnant. And she um, wasn't pregnant two years ago. She was not, no. They, they send me off to the Middle East every time I get pregnant. That's <laughs> my <laughs> punishment. Um, no, I, I'm actually already on maternity leave at this point, because um, I am quite close, relatively close to my due date. Uh, but, um, yeah, they hide it with wardrobe. They're incredible at hiding my pregnancy. Camera angles. Our camera operators are really, really good at that. Um, it's also amazing how her face looks. You don't look pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> I mean, her face is... You don't look pregnant. <laughs> right there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky because that's something that I can't... But is it hard physically to do the things that you, you have to do? You know, I finished off season seven in my first trimester, and that was tough. Um, even uh, though obviously had, like, I wasn't sure. and vomiting mm. kind of thing? I wasn't vomiting, but I definitely yeah. had a lot of morning sickness in this mm. pregnancy. The first time around I didn't, but this time I did. And because we weren't telling anybody in the first trimester, you know, I kind of had to disguise my, it was actually afternoon sickness for me and nighttime sickness, mm. never in the morning. I was fine in the morning. Um, but it was always, you know, oh, I just ate too much at lunch or, you know, had too much pasta with cream sauce or something. I had to make up reasons why I wasn't feeling very well after lunch. Um, and then, you know, my mood as well. I was, I remember I had to hold back on my mood a lot more because I was definitely feeling more aggressively towards things, which I, you know, couldn't show at work and I wouldn't because nobody deserves that. So Dave, Dave got Dave the brunt got of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would spend the whole day like chatting happy and being myself and then get home and just like shout at my husband for doing nothing or for trying to help me with something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he got the brunt of it. I've actually apologized to him profusely because I really was not a nice wife at that point. Oh. At least you know it. <laughs> I do. I'm very aware of it. And it's, That's yeah. helpful. And, but then in the second trimester when it went away, I would get angry at something and he'd be like, okay, are you just being hormonal again? I'm like, no, no. I have the right to be angry about something for real. How <laughs> um, was breastfeeding for you? Breastfeeding was awesome. Um, I was aiming for a year, but around eight months, my supply kind of started to drop and River started to lose interest. It kind of was a very organic dropping away of breastfeeding. Um, it was also, we were, we got married when he was about five months old. And I also think the stress of organizing a wedding, you know, the dress and the amount of people and the venue and all the, you know, the details of putting a wedding together. I think the stress may have not helped with my milk supply. Um, Were you back at work? No, this was, no, no, no. This was over a hiatus. So this was, we got married in June. So, uh, no, I was not back at work. I, I, I was breastfeeding throughout the beginning of work. Oh, breastfeeding work really at work. Because long hours. Yeah. yeah, so my son has been coming to work with me since he was six weeks old. So I would take my pump on set with me and pump when I had to. Um, and then any time that I could make it back, uh, I would, you know, go breastfeed him myself. And obviously weekends. I, I breastfed as 
much as I could um, or sent bottles of milk back to my <laughs> trailer where the nanny was with him. But you figured out the, the juggle. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it became like a second time, second, second uh, job for sure. It takes pumping. up a lot of time. Pumping yeah, pumping. I would feed him from one breast and then pump from the other. And kind of so I would always have a supply because I knew I couldn't always make it back to the trailer. But the fact that I could bring him with me and, you know, breastfeed him was was a privilege. Patrick, I had the pleasure of meeting your wife, Dee, who um, I think is one of the top ten nicest people Jesus, on sure. the planet. Yep. Um, how'd you guys meet? In a gym. I, I was <laughs> hoping you would say that. Gym. Um, and uh, I was really... Something weird happened about a week before I was watching gy- gymnasts on TV and I told myself I wanted a strong woman like that you know, strong <laughs> physical strong and she comes upstairs with another gymnast friend in the gym I said wow, what's going on here? So uh, yeah Well, that's we a hit great it motivator off. to get people to go to the gym. Yeah, there you go. You can meet. Um, so she was a gymnast She was a, a serious gymnast. Yes. She had a full ride scholarship at UCLA. And wow Yeah, she was great. She did gymnastics from five years old all the way through college Wow. Yeah. And you have a couple of kids. Yes. Five and two. Two and a half and five and a half. Are there things that you do, you're both very active, but are there things that you do specifically early on at this age to get kids more excited about fitness or kind of down a a healthier path? Absolutely. We have our kids involved in so much. Uh, My son Parker's even doing hip hop. He's (laughs) in soccer. They're They're both in swim. And we have Avery in dance class. We yeah, know, we're always it. It's active. fun for them. Oh, yeah. And we go to the park several times a week. I mean, yeah, they're always active. They're always outside. We don't use the iPad much. We don't use those not app not kid games. I mean, you know, we we'll use that to save it. We're in a restaurant, and Dee and I just want to take a break. <laughs> we'll just, we'll or use a plane. it. But, but they're outside so much, and they're just so active. So it's great. We definitely implement What about that. nutritionally for them? We're, we're 90-10, 90% organic, you know. Um, Do they have the, I mean, you know, I remember my first son when he was two, we used to, before, before this moment, uh, he, we had him convinced that nuts were candy. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So he would ask for candy, and I'd be like, okay, but just like one or two pieces. (laughs) (laughs) One or two almonds, here you go. Oh, that's great. Um, But I remember the time when uh, someone gave him a a lollipop for the first time, and he put it in his mouth. Oh. And it was almost like you could Elation. see the oh, whistles yeah. and bells go off. Like, holy cow, I this bet. is candy. <laughs> and, you know, he never wanted nuts again. He was like, no, yeah. not that candy. I want the blue candy or the red candy. Yeah. So, I mean, it starts It starts young. Absolutely. And, and my kids do have a lollipop. It's an organic lollipop. I'd like to really quick touch on the subject of organic, which you don't Please. hear too often on. kind of gets rid of the conversation. Uh, if they're good or not. Uh, genetically modified food's been around for a very long time. It's what's accompanied with the GMOs today, and it's called uh, the pesticide. One of the most used one is called glyphosate. Well, glyphosate originated in the late 50s, and it's a mineral stripper, and it used to be used in industrial pipes. So now glyphosate is on our food, the, most of all the processed foods, the conventional foods, and guess what? It's taking iron and magnesium out of our bodies. Right. Stripping our minerals. That's right. And we know how important that is with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Magnesium for, for the baby and Why iron. Why getting leg cramps? Not enough magnesium so and calcium. That's just how one. How breastfeed without minerals? How do babies build bones? Exactly. So, so how, about, how about the mother that right n- only eats conventional foods all the time? What's going on there with the balance, right? So that that's one of the reasons why you would want to eat 
more organic than not. It's just because of all the pesticides and chemically laden foods. Are there are there specific like if you have to start somewhere because organic is more expensive and uh, you it know uh, you're healthy you only get one shot at it. So. Yeah. So the but a good step would be staying away from highly refined processed foods and eating whole food form. So, so you would have example. an apple, not apple juice. You would have brown rice, not brown rice pasta. Okay. Yeah, you'd stay away from the flour products. All right. Well, also, to be honest with you, um, there's you can also kind of make, do family activities where if you can't afford organic food, which as you were saying, you know, is the case for a lot of people or people who have big families. I mean, if you can, you know, make that small financial sacrifice, at least during pregnancy or something, you know, when it's a crucial time in your life, That's go ahead and point. do that, you know, or honestly, plant it. Mm-hmm. Like plant stuff at home. We we actually right, do that all the that. time. Yeah, my husband makes ho- he Dave makes homemade salsa, and we grow the tomatoes ourselves. We just planted. And it's, it's yeah, as if you're in my head, we planted <laughs> a, a garden. Great. We're just getting now the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the basil and the lettuce. Yeah, and and and, 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 and the kids are like fascinated by you, that it, little seed turning into that massive plant. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's so much fun for kids to be doing that too. Like that's a that's a full fledged hour activity for you know my son and I or. Or if he's, if I'm working and he's home with our babysitter, then, you know, they're out in the yard and he's, like, he eats basil off the plant. He eats parsley and cilantro off the plant. And we know that, you know, at worst, he's getting a little bit of dust because it's, you know, a backyard (laughs) um, or, or you know, or a vase or something like that. But he has so much fun doing that. And his palate is so extensive at this point because he's been, you know, We've been involving him in that for so That's long great. and avoiding, you know, the, the bad sugars and stuff like that. Dave's kind of a healthy eater. He is now, now. Again, he is now. You know, we really, we've, when we started dating, I think we were both a little loosey-goosey with stuff. I was kind of dabbling in the organic side of things. Organic but, um, French toast? What's that? Organic French, uh, <laughs> grilled cheese, was it? Grilled cheese. I just love grilled cheese. Organic grilled cheese? Uh, but, um, you know, but as when I got pregnant with River, him and I started doing a whole lot more reading and research on the benefits of some things and the lack of benefits in others. Um, so I think what changed our lives was really getting pregnant. Um, you know, and we, because the whole sugar thing, like we just, we don't give River sugar. He ha- At most, we put a little bit of honey in his yogurt, but that's it. He does, he's never had candy. He's never had a regular cookie. He's never had cake unless I make it at home and, you know, it's sweetened with a ripe banana or something. Mm. You know, that's certainly yeah. Eating out too often really wreaks havoc on the on the body and like every day. Well, and it's expensive. Eating out, eating out too often. <laughs> yeah. Twice a day. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys are a wealth of information, <laughs> and I started by saying wealth of information and inspiration. I could sit here talking to you for a very long time, and I am going to go home. By the way, in the car, I'm going to be thinking about the things we talked about, and I'm going to make some changes. Yeah. Michael already eats pretty healthy. <laughs> I do. I eat pretty healthy, um, but I will continue to eat healthy thank you for your inspiration <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, i feel like you're the person that makes the baked goods and gives them out but doesn't eat them I oh that that's you? my <laughs> wife that's my wife that's i get wife. to dr berlin's office once and he's like want a cupcake my kids made them and i was like i'll take it i'll eat it you're, you're right too because i have so many allergies and i'm oh, always cooking for other people so i make things i can't eat all the time bam i got it that interesting. And people have so many more allergies nowadays than I feel like they used to. Yeah. Right? Kids are being born or develop more allergies than I've ever heard of growing yeah, up myself. Yeah, that's a whole other I think also that we have access to more food. Yeah. I feel like 100 years ago we weren't eating, like, Chinese food. Yeah. Well, 
But it's also the way, again, the process. You have more the flavoring. The flavoring, yeah. the process. The now oh, yeah, The process, yeah. you know, Additives. a lot of food has gluten in it, but it, it's never had as much gluten as it has now. So if you had a slight intolerance and you ate something, it's like, well, there's not that much in it. But nowadays, gluten is just like in everything. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like I wish I could take you guys home with me <laughs> and be there and coach me and guide me through, through changes that I really want to make. But uh, and I know there's some early talk of a project that you might be working on together. So, yep, we are going to definitely stay in touch and follow that along. Yeah, because for sure. I will be first in line <laughs> when you uh, when you get it worked out. Thank you so much for sharing openly your personal stories and professional expertise. Thanks for having us. Oh yeah, yeah. anytime. <laughs> you can follow Daniela Rua on Twitter and Instagram at Daniela Rua. And on Facebook at Official Daniela Rua, O-F-I-C-I-A-L Daniela Rua. And you can follow Patrick on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Murphy Fitness. Michael's online at doulamichael.com, and Michael is spelled M-Y-C-H-A-L. Yes, and I'm on Twitter at feminist underscore doula. Ah, that's why it was taken. <laughs> <laughs> And so sorry. <laughs> you can follow my latest adventures on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Berlin, D O C T O R B E R L I N. For notes, links, pictures, and juicy bonus materials from this podcast, visit informedpregnancy.com. And your questions and comments are always welcome via email to info at informedpregnancy.com. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.